Hi, this is Karina Ganter's host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. We have finished NABPOD promo. Oh, one <laughs> podcast every day. It was manic, but we managed to do it. We did it. We did all 30. It was wonderful. I hope you've all enjoyed the episodes. They've been uh, quite a variety and uh, very uh, entertaining. So thank you for uh being a subscriber and listen to them all. And if you can't um, do a review where you listen to your podcast, pop over to Apple because I know you can review on there. So I'd really appreciate that. Thank you. I am your host, Karina Gantis. I am an award-winning author of 14 books. I am an award-winning filmmaker. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing and promotion. And I also have the radio show, Author Assist, on the Artist First Radio Network. That is all my accolades. Maybe I have seven more next year. Who knows what's going to happen in 2023. But I know what's going to happen now because I'm going to introduce my guest. This is Fran Hawthorne. Welcome to the show, Fran. Oh, thank you so much for um, inviting me. So the first question I ask all my guests is, what do you use your pen for? <laughs> you know, first of all, I want to say I do use a pen and not just a laptop. Um, and um, obviously, for, for well, in honesty, the laptop is usually for the first draft, but the pen is um, for jotting down my, you know, brilliant thoughts while I'm walking running you know I'm, I'm famous for stopping in the middle of the street and writing things down and my kids have gotten on me for that we do um, that yes authors do yeah. that in the middle of the yeah. shopping supermarket what have you yeah oh, yeah That's the shower normal. I mean I, I keep paper and pen I mean not in the shower but right outside the shower by my bed um while I'm running and I run eight miles every day Wow. You cannot stop and take notes, but I do, you know, voice record. I was going to um, say, if you have your mobile on you, can you yeah, talk into yeah. that? Right. Um, the other thing I want to say I use physically use my pen for sometimes is um, printing out the early drafts. And sometimes and I find it it's better to write yes. the changes. You too. Yes, okay. yes. only the first draft because it costs too much in print to keep on printing them all, the whole manuscript. But the oh, first yes. draft, when you have it in your hand and you can see it, that's when you can see the mistakes. You Yes, for so many reasons. And also, it's better for the planet not to keep printing out drafts of 300-page <laughs> books. But um, yeah, there is something about doing it on paper and maybe because I'm old enough to have started paper I don't know um it's just more you yeah you see the problems it's more real you see also after you cross something out and then you change your mind it's sure a lot a lot easier to go back to the old um and I save all those printouts so that when I'm doing further drafts on the keyboard sometimes I pull out those printouts to go back way back five drafts back to the first one you never know five drafts oh don't tell me oh, you have nothing. to go oh. i would say <laughs> two drafts okay we do one we edit we give it to the editor we edit that one it's finished <laughs> well it, with um realistically something like a, a, a journalism articles i used to do 
there isn't time, of course, to often to do more than that. But with a book, I don't know. I'm nitpicky, perfectionist, whatever adjective you want to use. So you do go through a lot of drafts. Oh, oh, oh wow. Embarrassingly. But no, it's my not embarrassing. I mean, I know from just two drafts and how you read it over and over again, by the time you give it to the publisher, you don't want to read it again. You've had enough. You know that story. You know the characters. You know the plot. I don't want to read it again. Give me it back in 10 years. So I can only imagine how it drives you crazy for five drafts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, those early drafts do change a lot. Um, you know, my journalism training is very helpful in this sense. You know, I, I, the first draft, is you're pouring it out or you might be revising it for the writing style as you write it. But then I go back and fact check, you know, um, like my newest novel, I meant to tell you, is set in partly in Washington, D.C., partly in New York City. Um, they're seen in Ellis Island, um, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, I'm not just going to make that up or look online at pictures. I went to Ellis Island, probably the only person in the universe who ever went there, not to research my ancestors. But to take notes on the chandeliers on the floor tile. And I assume people all over the world know Ellis Island, where generations of immigrants first came to the US. It's not used anymore that way. Um, or things like that. I went to Washington, D.C. to take notes on the floor tiles at the metro stations and the recording. I mean, it, so anyway. Is that I'm, how much details you have in your book? You talk about floor tiles. Please say you don't. Please say you don't. It's only for the massive, the description. She gets off the sub, the metro, and I want a sense of the scene around her. The red floor tiles. The Met Washington metro has very weird walls. Really? Curve. And they have like a waffle effect. <laughs> and so I, you know, give me only two sentences. I can spend a half an hour taking notes for two sentences. Um, so as long no, as I, you're oh, not like, as long as you're not like King and do pages and pages of description that is oh, just no. not needed. I hate writing description. Okay. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You like me. You like me. And we like to get I, to the action. We like to get to the plot, the dialogue. We need them. We need that, and the reader needs that to be glued to the page. And every time they turn it, something exciting is happening, and they won't get bored. But we give enough description for them to see it play out in their head like a movie. Exactly. And sometimes you need, like I said, a half an hour to get two sentences, you know, and and that's worth it for me. But right, so that it feels real to the reader who's never been there, and the reader who has been there will catch you up and say this is not at all like yeah, it, yeah. and then you lose credibility and throw they throw your book on the floor exactly so, i mean you can yeah. get those details like you said from a picture online but doing what you do it just gives you the ambiance as well you felt that ambiance so you can you can write about the atmosphere there and how the smells are and, and what you yeah. see and everything rather than just look at a picture so that's wonderful um, and I feel more comfortable and confident writing the scene yeah. the action if yeah. I know that I'm accurately feeling yeah the mood how, how the character how the character feels is sometimes affected by the the scene around her right of so course. but you're right I absolutely agree with you P readers want action and they want one characters moment. they want to know the characters as Let me people just one so, moment. Yeah. so 
it's obvious now to everyone who's listening and watching that you are a novelist. So oh. let's go back because, yeah, we never got that far. Um, a lot of people start with short stories, poetry before they go on to a novel. So what was the first thing that you wrote? Well, the first things I wrote were when I was um, a kid starting like age four and they were novels. I mean, it's always been, well, except always been stories, uh, novels, huh? although also I had a whole career in journalism, mm. but in terms of, uh, you know, non-journalism uh, novels. Yeah, absolutely. Since wow. the age of four and I'm serious. I mean, when I was um, about, you know, a young teenager, I actually sent one off to a publisher. I was totally serious. It did not get published. I well, yeah, we, we all do that. We all we all have these sites that they're going to have a, a, a massive argument on how much they're going to give us. And they're going to have a bidding war on the telephone with all the agents trying to get our manuscript. Yeah, we all have those dreams. Unfortunately, they get crushed. Um, not usually but, when you're 11 years old. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I think, what was that? I think I was six, 16 or 17 when I sent mine off. Yeah. Ah. We've all done it. So um, how many books do you have out now? Um, ten. Right. But two of them are novels. The others and are nonfiction. Are you, are you independently published or are you contracted or you're hybrid, small press? How are you doing? It's been books? a mix, but they've all been traditional press. Um, the nonfiction um, were from larger publishers um, generally. Um, and the fiction... Uh, the two novels have been from a uh, university press. All right, lovely. And uh, so, what about the the other ones? Because you've just said four, I think. So, what happened? Well, to I the say the ones? nonfiction were um, some of them from larger presses, some were smaller presses, um, but they're all been traditional. And then the two nonfictions have been a um, university press. Okay, so two nonfiction books. What are no, they? No. No, um, eight nonfiction, two fiction. Yeah. Okay. All right. Lovely. That that makes sense now. Okay. So um, the the nonfiction. I mean, what are they about? What are you writing about? Sure. I mean, it, it's been a range because um, they spread over. I don't know. Um, wow. Um, Thirteen years or something. Um, but um, a lot about um, healthcare, mm. uh, the drug industry. The pharmaceutical drug industry, not the illegal drug industry. Um, <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, and also about um, uh, digging into finance and Wall Street, uh, and then a lot of consumer activism. You know, um, this is all stuff that you've learned at university or studied, or you've just learned through life, or you were given a topic and you did your research and wrote about it. Um, well, I, before that, I was a journalist on newspapers and magazines, and I somehow got moved into business journalism, never my choice, but, you know, circumstances. And so through the journalism, um, I came to know the business world. And I also was doing a lot about health care, which was a major issue in the U.S. at the time, mm, um, in Bill Clinton era, you know. Um, and so I got to know healthcare industry. So based on my journalism experience, I proposed my first novel. And then from there, um, the publisher asked, actually asked me to do another one, which is like very rare. Usually you have, you have to keep pitching. 
yeah, that and my is sales very are so rare. good on the first yeah. one. Yeah, you must, have, you must have really impressed him for him to ask for another one, yeah. No, I had a glowing review in the New York Times for my first one, and so the wow. actually the publisher was pleased. Yeah, um, wow. So anyway, so my ideas pretty much all came from myself. Mm. Um, as you know, one book might prompt another idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the second book was one the publisher asked me to do after I had written the first one that had the glowing review in the New York Times. That's the publisher actually amazing. asked me to do the next one. But that's very rare. Um, so the really ones I proposed all building on my experience um, in nonfiction. So let's go into fiction. I don't even know what genre you write in yet. So tell me. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> it's sometimes called women's fiction, sometimes called literary fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's certainly mainstream. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes I can't tell the difference between women's fiction and contemporary fiction, you know, slicing it so narrowly. Um, but it's definitely mainstream and not genre not sci-fi not thriller not romance so a drama like a family drama exactly exactly. uh, both my novels definitely are heavy on dealing with family they both have women protagonists Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's one reason they're seen as women's fiction though they both have had bigger themes um the first novel called the heirs was a second-generation Holocaust novel about second-generation guilt. Thank you. From the Holocaust. The newest one I meant to tell you is about secrets over the generations and also about political activism. And and whether we thank you, I like and whether we kind of have a responsibility toward the planet, toward our community. so I love so that you put in bigger themes. Yeah, you put in nonfiction into your fiction, which is wonderful. Because you, you. again, Thank you're you. putting your experiences and your opinions that you would, if you were doing a non uh, nonfiction piece, into the novel by adding characters and drama and dialogue and what have you. I think that's wonderful. And again, um, those very very strong themes um, is uh, you don't have many people trying to write a, a non-fiction novel about it, let alone an actual fiction novel um the holocaust you know it's uh, something that's uh, even though you you you're doing like the second generation it's still bringing back and triggering probably a lot of people because of what happened um and it's it's a not a sore subject, but it's a it's a subject that many are still bothered by, and many are still upset and and get uh, emotional about it. That's what I'm trying to say. So, why did you pick those two very very strong themes for your two books? Yeah, yeah. Um, you raise you know you raise good points. Well, the first one, um was inspired by my family story. Um, it is it is total fiction, but um, my dad was born in Poland. We're Jewish. Um, he got out as a kid with uh, parents and sisters less than two years before Hitler invaded. Wow. He had relatives that he knew very well that were murdered in the Holocaust. Um, his grandmother, his aunts, his cousin. Um, so, um, and, and I... Would have experiences. Um, well, one example that I give is 
um, in my son's first grade class, there was a little boy whose parents were from Poland. Mm. And I just had this immediate reaction. Yeah. What did your parents do during the war? Yeah. Know, they were not Jewish. They were Catholic. Now, obviously, his this little boy's parents, you know, my generation, were born long after the war. You know, um, and their parents were probably kids in the war. Yeah. But yeah. Um, still, I had this knee-jerk reaction. And I've talked to other, you know, second, third generation mm-hmm. Jews whose families were from Germany, Poland, you know, Latvia, ever were murdered. Um, and they often have the same reaction. And I couldn't find any novel um, that talked about this. And I thought, this is important. It, and yeah, it is. It, it's controversial. Yes, right? very. Yeah. People in the book discuss this. I mean, come on, you weren't alive then. How many generations? you? And people like in Germany now are talking about this. It was horrible what our grandparents did, but we're not our grandparents, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it, um, and it was very, so that was inspired by my own life. And, right my father's life um the second one well it's always been very important to me to feel that I just have a responsibility not just to live you know and eat up resources but to make the world a little better than I found it okay sounds kind of you know Pollyanna but um I I try to live by it and obviously my definition of making the world better might be different than yours even putting aside politics i mean if for example my definition is to really reduce my carbon footprint i mean many many things i do about that there are people who say climate change is not caused by humans and they would find my statement controversial i think most of the world would agree with me but you know so even something which and there are republicans and democrats and and you know labor and tories and, and who all agree so it's not partisan political necessarily but um it's kind of become partisan at least in the united states but you write about your opinion on these things so you're getting your opinion across well it's my character's opinion but (laughs) (laughs) all right blame it on the character yeah (laughs) nice (laughs) in fairness to what i just said sure i create the character but as any fiction writer will say my characters go off and do things I didn't plan. They Tell say things I didn't it. plan, right? Tell me about it. <laughs> and they and they develop personality traits I didn't plan. So while I did intend for my protagonist Miranda to feel like she her she comes from a family of political activists, and her grandfather was a union organizer. Her parents were anti-war activists in the 1960s. Okay. She feels she's not holding up the family tradition. She has to find her own great cause. Okay. So I created her to be that person. Yeah, you smile. You can kind of say, oh. <laughs> but I hope you kind of like her for that too. Um, so I created her to be that kind of person. But then she's gone off on her own trail sometimes. And sometimes... I follow her and sometimes I rein her back. Right? Many yeah. times you let the characters do what they want because they're taking you on the correct path. That is when you're in the zone, you're in your bubble, you listen to what they say, your, your fingers are flying through the keyboard and everything you write is gold because you you are going through that journey with them and you're listening to 
their opinion and, and what they want to do next. And when you disagree with them <laughs> and you try and do it your way, 50% um, of the time you'd look at your manuscript later and go, that doesn't work. Yeah, I think it's a good percentage. Sometimes they do start going into tangents and they're going too far afield from the plot. And you really, that's what I said, you rein them You have to reel them in, yeah. But, but you keep some of it because some of it is them talking their real feelings, mm -hmm. their real desires, and that's important. And maybe it and, doesn't work uh, for that part, but you can keep it in yeah. for another part. The same, if they go off on, on a totally different adventure, that's something for another book you can put in, you know. Do you ever get the characters, this character pop up, you've never met him before, and he turns around and says, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I want my own book. You ever had that happen? Um, no, that's an interesting thought. Um, they gatecrash. They, uh, they gatecrash. Yeah. So, you know, they, I, I think I just find a place for them in the book. Yeah. If someone comes up, because so far these two novels and then I'm working on two more they're all so different it's not impossible that someone well it's interesting there's a character in my newest novel that I'm seeing is too similar to one in I meant to tell you the one that just published um and I'm going okay 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 no 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 you have to be your own person so I'm going to have to take some real proactive steps and go in and tear out parts of him that he wants to have um yeah. but i find it boring to have him too sibling so that's going to be an interesting exercise mm -hmm. um but um no i don't tend to do spin-offs <laughs> although i may do a prequel um my newest novel um, began as a four generation family saga Mm. In, in reverse chronological order right nothing yeah. should be ever easy and uh, this is almost maybe what you're saying I wrote the first two generations the one that takes place more or less now and the one in the 60s and they were so there was so much in them and there were characters who wanted to come in or who wanted more and side plots that wanted to be told and it was to imagine two more generations was too unwieldy so I older two generations off except they enrich the two younger generations because the younger generations didn't talk about grandma and yeah, great grandpa yeah. and I yeah. know those generations so well so it's like your own family where you know your grandparents and if you're lucky your great grandparents um so so there is that potential prequel mm -hmm. to this book from those two generations whose stories I've mapped out and I yeah. love them yeah. And um, but that's not one of those. That's not one of the two novels I'm working no, on. No, no. That's what happens. You, you, yeah. you, you have these pieces that you can use later on in another novel. You never throw away your thoughts. You never throw away a scene. Always keep it to the side because you can always use it again. It's been written for a reason. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I have these files called excess files. <laughs> they're, so, they're longer than the book, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I have gone back to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so the two books you're working on now, what are we? Uh, with well, the I same don't like to family talk drama. Too much. No, you don't have to 
yeah. tell me what they're called or anything but family drama again women's fiction literary again yes yes absolutely and totally different the two i've written as i mentioned all right and and they also have different settings the first one is set in new jersey mm. this new one i meant to tell you is set in washington dc and new york yeah. city the next one is set in california and the one beyond that um near albany new york and have you been um, to both so, of those places now oh yeah i've of lived in, did. <laughs> i've lived in some of them and been to them yeah um and um yeah so uh let's see um I mean, it's wonderful, isn't it, to have all these books pushing against your brain, yeah, begging you to find time. Just don't don't have them. enough time. There's not enough time in the day to write, and when you yeah. you you do write, you just don't feel like you've done enough in that time you've had, and then you've, but you you've got work and you've got other responsibilities, but you have to find time to promote your books as well mm -hmm. as writing. So it's multitasking, it's finding the time to do the two. What's the most important at the time? Is it to promote that book or is it to get that one written? Um, do you give yourself deadlines? Yes and no. Um, so um, obviously with promotion and there's blog posts that I'm writing that are due or podcasts that I'm about to do and that I have to be ready for. Um, you know, um, I have done a deadlines um like i have a, so the, the novel number three which i'm in the revision stage i have in the back of my mind that i'd the like date. to finish it you know yeah i have a date when i don't want to say it. um date when i'd like because i'm wonderfully having so much promotion for the new one um that it's great but i am spending all day on it um and um and i have tried i once tried one of those um, challenges where you write, um, you try to write 3,000 words a day. And it really was, no, it was wonderful. Oh, I can't do that. Keep it, well, it was intense. And the thing is, the next day you erase, you know, 2,500 of them. This is it, exactly. Because you're, forcing yourself, to, cause you're yeah. forcing yourself to write, it is not going to be good enough. Oh, no, my, my point was different. Sooner or later, you would have written those lousy 2500 words anyway you know because they were my mind trying different approaches to um something that i was maybe it was a, a scene i didn't want to write i was having a writer's block the ones that i'm flying in as you said that i'm really into those don't those three thousand stay or you know 2500 of those stay. so um no i think it's, it's very intense uh, and obviously it doesn't work on revisions because then you can't do a word count. No. <laughs> Best revisions are a negative word count sometimes, right? Um, but so um, it's an interesting challenge. I will definitely challenge myself that way again. So um, you, you've got two now in the works. And, and as we said a little while ago, that you've always got ideas for next ones and you know where you're going after that. So what's your plan? Are you going, are you staying with, what you write or you're going to go out of the box maybe push yourself a little bit to a genre type story well, I feel like each novel pushes me it's yeah. exhausting as you know because you're if it's any good you are really pouring your own feelings of course you are and you are creating 3d characters in-depth characters that, that takes a lot of energy yeah. that's pushing you 
trying to come up with original characters, original plots, good writing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, um, and sometimes you have to do research. Maybe the person's career is mm-hmm. one you're not familiar with. Um, so I, um, I am, I, I feel like, um, I don't, if I felt like doing another genre, I have nothing against it, but my ideas are falling into this team. genre. You, you um, keep, so you do, I, I let think, me go with them, right? I love my ideas. Let's get I can, them written. I can see yeah. that the books you're writing, each of them are going to have some very solid theme that means a lot to you, whether it's um, to do with the environment or to do with um, a bill that's been passed or um, gun uh guns and violence whatever a responsibility to each other something yeah yeah, something that means something to you that's what your books are going to be about you're going to be putting how you feel and putting your um opinion across in these books on on very important matters that people need to know about and without while they're reading this fiction and getting into the the drama and the plot and everything they don't realize what you've done you slipped the medicine in with the cookies um, yeah yeah i mean oh no my my characters don't preach oh good lord no but they act mm-hmm. they act mm-hmm. they debate mm-hmm. they question themselves and each other um they fail they succeed and all of that are ways to tell a good yarn and maybe to, get the readers to think it, about it. Exactly. You yeah. know, the saying, the pen is mightier than the sword. We can do some major oh. damage with the pen. And we, oh, major we, good. Please, please, major good. We can good do major, well. major damage and major good. But when I say damage, I don't mean uh, wrecking and ruin. I mean um, getting our point across, getting mm-hmm. our opinion across, Um we can write whatever we want there's no one saying you can't say that you can't do that you know yeah. as as Except a the publisher who says it doesn't work <laughs> and the yeah, readers don't I like mean, it but you've, yeah, got, you've yeah, got readers yeah. that aren't no, there's always going to be readers that aren't uh, agree yeah. with your opinion and agree with yeah. your your writing um even with fiction uh genre fiction people are not going to like what you've written and that's that goes with the territory you sit skinned and you just brush it off okay never mind yeah. no problem so fran where can people find your books right oh, now thank you thank you for asking well first okay so this is the newest one which is the one like i'm really excited about um and my website is Hawthorne Writer. Um, my last name, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E-W-R-I-T-E-R. All I will word. have that in all the descriptions for the podcast and the Great, video cast. Um, are you on social media? Yes. Um, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. It's the same. It's Hawthorne Writer. That's my, you know, brand. Um, <laughs> Brian, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you Google my name, you'll find those things too. So, yeah. Please, oh, oh I'd love it. Follow me, comment. Um, yeah, you know the score. 
Oh, absolutely. And I love, I absolutely love to reply to people's comments, you know, love to have well, a conversation. That's it. Um, you, you've so. heard that everyone from the, from the author's mouth, uh, get in touch with her, have a chat, read her books. And if you want to talk about what she writes about, then uh, she's very, very open to having a conversation with you. Fran, I could talk with you for hours. Honest, I seriously could. It's been wonderful having you on the show. You're amazing. I just wish you all the best with your new book books and your new novel I hope it uh, sells like hot cakes and it <laughs> goes uh, uh, wide and it's uh, off, flying off the shelves um, all the best thank and so thank much. you so thank much you. thank you thank you for inviting me and good luck with your pen thank you <laughs> Hey folks, you're listening to the podcast Behind the Pen. Behind the Pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives. And if you'd like to support and keep the podcast going, you can donate via my Linktree page. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Karina Gantus, all small letters. Every dollar helps me share my platform with these amazing artists. Don't forget to follow like and review the podcast your support means everything <laughs>